You're now listening to the Self-Development Collective, a podcast in community full of inner work and self-development ideas to help us get unstuck and become the person we truly want to be. Hi guys, and welcome to the Self-Development Collective. Today, we're going to talk about family labels that we're given and how these affect our identity and how they affect our actions moving forward in our life. Now, the reason I want to talk about this today is the roles or the uh, the roles or the labels that our family give us can often be quite frustrating, can hold us back, and can cause us a lot of um, grief, discontentment. And I think that's something that I've experienced quite a bit in my own life and shifting out of those roles and identity and and shifting my identity and choosing who I want to be has been challenging because of the roles, uh, the expectations around those roles that my family have given me. And this is something that I've realized when I started reading family therapy books and I started reading on um, someone called Salvador Mnuchin. He's known as a father of family therapy. And he started his book about talking about his own childhood and how he was labeled the responsible one. And he said, when we're given these labels, and again, this is me paraphrasing, obviously, when we're giving, um, when we're given these labels by our family, we tend to act them out and live up to the expectations of those roles or labels. So he explained that he was always labeled as the responsible one and that any mistakes or things that he made were considered different compared to a sibling of his who had a different label, who was named the more irresponsible, clumsy one. And I found that really interesting because, you know, even in experiences that I've heard from friends, you can have two children that do the same thing, but it's interpreted very differently because of the labels that the family system have given them. And this is something that I want to talk about today because we all have these labels and we can all find them challenging and be held back by them. Now, just an example for me is I know um, I've challenged a lot of my family's generational expectations and roles. And I just want to emphasize too, this is not about criticizing or blaming family. This is just about, again, creating self-awareness so we can step outside of those roles um, and really start to choose and, and shift our identity based on who we feel we want to be rather than who we feel we need to be based on the roles and the labels that we're given. So when I was younger, I challenged a lot of the expectations that my family had and generational expectations of women and what and how we needed to be. And because of that, I do feel that throughout my childhood, I got labeled as being challenging, uh, sensitive, difficult, um, because when I stood up for things that or, you know, asserted the way that I felt about something, it was considered to be difficult because usually the women in my family um, – or the idea around women speaking up was not encouraged. Um, And it's not in my family that women didn't have a voice. It was just that I think women had certain expectations of how they wanted to be. And because I didn't match those expectations, I was just put put under a label as being difficult 
um, rather than the the values being questioned in the family. And that's something that's really normal because, you know, generational habits are hard to change. Um, and that's how I learned not to personalize the roles that my family gave me as much because I could see that they were working off roles and labels that they were given and roles and labels that had passed through generations, again, around expectations of what women should be, how they should be, what they should do, what they should aspire for. And I always found that really challenging You know, for example, that whole idea of instead of having a career, marry someone with a good career. That was something that I was, you know, I was told by grandmother and that's, I understand. And at the time that used to frustrate me and I used to challenge it, but I understand now that that's also just a role that they have generationally seen and expected. But when I didn't match that role, there was there was a pushback, you know, there was feedback, there was a bit of criticism there around the type of person that I wanted to be. And so I really struggled to figure out who I wanted to be and find acceptance with that versus finding acceptance from my family for who they wanted me to be. And that's something that is really challenging because something that we all strive for as human beings, and it's completely natural, is we all strive to connect. There was a study done with monkeys that is not acceptable now, but it's been done. Um, and they found that they, that monkeys responded more to, um, what, so they made these, um, fake mothers with wire and one of them only uh, had the wire and they were feeding, they had the bottle that was feeding the monkey and the other one just had cloth. So it was more physically comforting, um, and came across more comforting naturally. And they found that the monkeys actually went to the cloth mother more because the comfort was more important than the food aspect and the mother that provided the physical needs. So that's that just goes to show that we are wired to connect and connection is part of survival. So what happens is we naturally act out these roles because we want to connect with the ones that they lo- we love. So when they tell us to act a certain way, we will act that out to connect. And the idea that we do- if we don't um, and the fear of being faced with um, disconnection is scary. And I know I felt that personally, especially when I've challenged the values and the expectations within my family and they've not been supported. I often felt a lot of disconnect, a lot of personal um, challenges with that. So this is something that I want to get thinking about. And this is why I'm recording this podcast today, because I want to know what did your family say about the person that you were and how you were? What labels did they give you? Uh, What roles did they give you? And how did those roles play out in your life and how did they affect you? So for me, for example, when I was labeled the challenging one um, or when I was labeled the difficult one, what happened was I tended to not voice my needs as much because I felt like I was always being difficult. So that played out in friendships and relationships. I was always there to serve others. I was always there to figure out what others needed from me um, because I felt as though I was difficult and I didn't want to trouble people with my issues and my challenges because they weren't valid because I was difficult. So that's something that's played out a lot in my life. And I see how that um, has held me back in ways, especially with this type of work and following through with my passions. I felt as though if I didn't get approval from my family um, around what I wanted to do, there would be a disconnect there. And it, and it was really scary. Um, something as well, you know, I had, uh, my dad used to tell me quite a bit that I was too sensitive and that I needed to be more logical. Um, and so I strove, I strove, I, I was determined to become super logical. And so then I just pushed my emotions down. And that was another thing that I felt I had experienced, 
um, when I was consistently told that I was a sensitive one. And again, this is just a reflection of family systems and how they work, right? So sometimes when we challenge our families in ways that don't work for them or scare them, they will give us a label that reflects that. So in my opinion, I think I'm quite open and honest and I love to communicate and I love to be honest about how I'm feeling. Um, and I think my family, they don't really do that. Um, so I think that they saw that was too much for them and then they saw and then they decided, excuse me, to label that as sensitive. So again, not a criticism on anyone's family, just a reflection on how our labels affect us and how we tend to act them out throughout our lives and how they adjust our identities and the way we go about taking action. So once you've thought about these roles Uh, the labels that you're given, the way you act them out. For example, another one could be maybe you're the carer or always a responsible one. So you take on more of the load than what you should because you're the responsible one, right? You're the one that can manage it because the other family member who's or or sibling or someone that you know that's labeled as irresponsible perhaps can't manage it. So you feel you need to take it on and then that affects your boundaries and the decisions you make around your boundaries. That's an experience that I've had as well. And just another example of how those roles and identities shift our life. So how do we get out of these labels? How do we get out of these roles? How do we start shifting and making changes and setting boundaries um, when these labels are so hard to get out of? So the first thing that I want to say is that something I've learned in challenging the roles and ideas that we're given as children is to first start trusting our inner voice and doing the work to trust ourselves. So something that helps us to practice um, prioritizing our inner voice is to actually ask ourselves, who do we want to be? How do we want to feel? And what values do we have? What do we enjoy doing? What is important to us? What brings us meaning? What brings us purpose? And something that really helped me was looking back um, at childhood and mainly because I do think that the roles that we give up, uh, that they give us that our family give us naturally, and we give roles to other people as well. You know, this is not just like a a victim mentality, again, just about self-awareness. Something with roles, I think, and something I've learned is, and it reminds me of this quote, it said, who were you before the world told you who they needed you to be? So looking at our childhood helps us to look back and see what we used to love doing before we started to really um, act act out those roles and shift our identities more permanently. I think as kids, we tend to have a little bit more courage and fight and we um, tend to naturally pursue our interests. And that's more accepted as children versus when we become adults and we have certain expectations about what we should be taking seriously and what we shouldn't. What did you enjoy doing? What passions, hobbies, things did you love to do? And for me, I always loved... um, talking and I loved it was really funny I used to love creating websites and things and I had a more of a creative side than I did as I got older and was told to be more logical so as I got older I found myself letting go of that creative side and becoming more logical and it took me work to get back into this space and back here um, doing this work which is quite creative and challenging that identity role Um, that I had that really just shifted and adjusted the type of decisions that I was making. So when I was told that I had, that I had to be more logical and I was too sensitive, I tended to go for more logical work, more logical ideas of things. I became, I started studying shares and became like this really what I thought a logical person would be. Right. Uh, But it, 
but it definitely didn't make me happy because it was not the pursuits that I used to have when I was younger, the things that I used to um, enjoy, the things that brought me joy. So that's why I always say, go back to childhood. What did you love doing? What gave, bring you joy and what versions of that can you use there that you can create, that you can do now? Um, someone I spoke to the other day said that they really just loved reading and they haven't read a book in ages. And I was like, maybe just choose a book, choose a really good fiction book that's out there right now and just give yourself five minutes a day to read, sit outside by yourself and read. It's as simple as that. It's just about finding one thing that we can do to challenge our, um, our perception of who we need to be versus who we want to be. Um, and I think that is just natural work that we can do that prioritizes our inner voice because every time we make a choice to choose to listen to that part of ourselves that's there, that's irritating us, um, in the sense that it's constantly following us around and knows that we should be doing something um, that we want to do, but we're ignoring it. That I think is when we start to work on our inner voice. So the question is simply asking ourselves who we want to be rather than looking at the labels we've been given and asking ourselves who we are. So who do you want to be? Um, An idea just for an exercise that you can do, right, is you can um, just grab a page from anywhere, put it down the middle and write down all the labels that you think you've, that, that you have, um, And a great way to do this is, and this is um, an exercise that I got from a book, was to think of the way that other people would describe you. What roles and labels do you have? So maybe you're known as the giver, the responsible one, the hardworking one, the logical one, the sensitive one, the challenging one, the energetic one, the difficult one, right? And then it's about, uh, on the other half of the page, writing down, again, the labels that or not the labels, but more the values and the type of person that you want to be. So maybe, for example, you're always a responsible one, but you want to be the more spontaneous. You want to be more, um, uh, have more freedom. You want to have, um, you want to be more open, have more courage. There are different things there. And the way that I would go about that is writing down the values or the roles that someone would have excuse me, or, or the person that you want to be would have. So that helps us to see the difference from who we are versus who we want to be. And again, looking at prioritizing our inner voice versus living up to the ro- expectations of the roles that we were given and the labels that we were given. And trusting to that when we choose to listen to our inner voice, we find ways to connect with people in a different way. Because truth of the matter is that when you decide to live away from those labels and shift those labels, your family will find it challenging because that also represents challenges that they have. Um, For example, my family are not super emotional and super talky. Um, So even just the idea that I do this work and get on here and talk, they can find that challenging and it's not something that they like to, you know, necessarily talk about because they don't know how to talk about it. So I've learned too that those labels and um, those expectations I have around, you know, how I should be is just a reflection of the, of the things that they do and don't struggle with, if that makes sense. So have a think about the labels that you feel you have in your family. Have a think about how those labels affect your decision-making. When you think about those labels and the identity and how it's affected your life, how has it affected it? What has it stopped you from doing that you really wanted to do? Um, and how can you shift that? 
How can you change that? What can you start prioritizing in your own day and in your own time that helps you to value and prioritize the things that are important to that inner voice that you have? So again, thinking about the hobbies and the things that you loved to do that you no longer do because you were told to be a certain way or you were, or again, back to the roles and the expectations about who you should be and what you should do. Challenge, I suppose, the inner, the, the system a bit in your own family, but not in like a, like a challenge in an angry sort of way. Challenge it because it's time for you perhaps maybe to start living out your life the way you want to live it out. And sometimes, again, those roles and those expectations around those roles can hold us back. And usually those roles are a reflection, again, of what our parents or our families find acceptable and not acceptable based on generational habits and expectations. So a key thing in doing this work as well is try not to personalize the reactions and the labels, but be reflective of the fact that this is years and years and years and years and years and years of work from families before you and, you know, something, another activity that I really liked was, and even if you just do this while you're driving, if you're listening to this, but I found this really helpful. Someone said to do a family map of habits and I was like, oh, okay. So let's look at the habits of the people before you and let's look at the expectations and roles of the people before you. And you'll find that they are very similar to the expectations and roles um, in my experience of what they have given you. It's just a matter of habit, of generational habit. Um, nothing that we, and again, the labels, the negative labels, or perhaps the labels that we find challenging are usually because we, again, challenge the system. Challenging those roles means that our families struggle to understand and manage um, and figure out how to, how to manage us. Um, and that's something that I've seen as well in my own family. So I do want to know what roles you had, what challenges you had with that, Um, How has that affected your decision-making? How does it still affect your decision-making today? And how can you change that? And maybe it's just about doing those exercises and even just thinking about how you might take on extra because you're always a responsible one or how you just assume that things won't work out for you because you're the one that always struggles to get things done. Um, That's another thing that could, that's another label that, that an expectation that could be out there. And again, starting to think about how we believe those roles and how we live them out and how they've affected our lives. So I hope this episode has been really helpful for you. It's been more of a a reflective one because I think that once we start to reflect on those roles and get awareness around them, we can start to shift and change them. And again, practicing that work on your inner voice and the things that you find are your calling, the things that you love to do, the things that you enjoyed when you were younger, schedule them in, give yourself five minutes to do the things that you love so you can start becoming that person that you feel you're called to be and you can start stepping, seeing those roles and stepping out of them. For example, you know, I learned too that when I started to see that I was always um, getting assigned the responsible one too and carrying a lot of the emotional weight and responsibility of the family, I started to pull back a bit and started to make my own decisions and worry less about other people's things. And I had a really um, great friend who said to me, is this yours to hold or is it theirs? So every time I started to stress about a situation and get, and that responsible label, that acting that I, uh, that, and acting out that label started to happen, I would say, okay, is this mine to hold or is it theirs? And that helped me to step back and make better boundaries so that I started to 
take myself out of that role and really just try and take responsibility for my actions and not take on other people's stuff because I was just told that I was the responsible one and therefore I felt like I had to. So this is just an idea. See how you go with this. Take what resonates, leave what doesn't. But again, what roles do your family give you and how can you shift those roles? How can, who do you want to be and what kind of values, activities, um, uh, expectations would that type of person have and how can you become that person for yourself. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As I say, take what resonates, leave what leave what doesn't. And we'll be doing a bit of this work in the membership that will be launching next month. I'm really excited. We're nearly there. Um, and we've only got a limit of 100 spots on there. So if you would like to join, make sure to jump on the email list um, and stay up to date on when that opens because once it opens, we'll only be open for a couple of days and then we're going to shut enrollment and we're really going to ho- uh, focus in on how we can make changes, how we can work as a community to create the life that we want to we can support each other, give ourselves accountability um, and get working on creating that life that we want to create for ourselves. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and I will catch you in the next episode.